Hello, welcome to the Basketball Soapbox. Uh, it's been a little while since I uploaded anything to Spotify. I've been putting a lot of stuff on my YouTube page, um, the Soapbox Network. If you search that, you'll find my page, all my basketball content that I've been doing on there. I'm, and I've started a wrestling podcast as well. Um, this one I'm going to be talking about Charles Barkley's comments recently on uh, the state of the league in terms of getting in a lockout, and I give my thoughts on that. Um, I'm going to be uploading a lot more stuff on uh, Anchor. It was just a little bit more easier to do stuff on YouTube. Um, but thank you for joining me, and enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Basketball Soapbox. I'm your host, Daniel Daly. Um, thank you for joining me on this one. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Um, in this one, I'm going to be giving reaction to the comments that Charles Barkley made on the State of the League, basically saying that it's headed towards a lockout and basically saying how the players are treating the league today um, is unfair to the owners and fans in terms of getting contracts, especially like uh, James Harden and Ben Simmons, and then requesting trades or not holding up their end of the bargain. And I understand that to a certain degree and aspect of it. Um, but let's get into his comments. Um, basically, Charles Barkley says, you all baby these guys so much today. They don't want to play back-to-back -back games. Every time a fan says something, they get them tossed. If they're not happy, they want to get traded. It's going to come to a head in the next CBA. And I understand that completely from a logical standpoint. The owners are going to want some type of control here in terms of uh, contracts and uh, having players play maybe a percentage of that to get guaranteed so much dollars. And I understand the concern of it, um, of players not playing back-to-back -back games, but let's start there and let's try to break this down step-by-step. Step. Um, players not playing back-to-back -back games. Now, are there some players there in the league that do it because of rest or they don't feel like playing or they're nursing an injury? Yes, that is true. There's also league executive, uh, league uh, team doctors, um, owners, agents, whatever the case may be, impacting that as well, saying, hey, you guys can't play tonight. Hey, let's take it off here. Let's take a night off here. Whatever the case may be, you have a nursing hamstring injury, ankle, back, shoulder. Guys play through injuries all the time. Guys have injuries such as that. We understand that. Now, this whole notion that guys don't play back-to-back -back games, okay, I, of course, Kawhi Leonard has been an extreme case of that, right? Like Kawhi Leonard has had this degenerative quad injury um, that he's never been able to heal. Clippers are a franchise that have been riddled with injury history from Danny Ferry, uh, 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 Ron Harper. Multiple guys throughout the history of their team have been hurt, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul to a recent extent. But uh, Kawhi Leonard takes the cake because of this whole uh, San Antonio situation where he sat out there. He goes to the Clippers, same situation where he's missing time. He tore his ACL, et cetera, et cetera. Why would Kawhi want to play back-to-back -back games? Why would the Clippers want Kawhi to play back-to-back -back games, right? Now, let's look at their history as the Clippers. They have been one of the worst organizations in sports, especially underneath uh, Donald Sterling. Why would they want players to play back-to-back -back games when their window of opportunity is so short, especially the Clippers, especially with Kawhi? Of course, they're going to nurse that injury. Of course, they're going to listen to Kawhi. Of course, they're going to listen to the team doctors. Um, the guys photoed in the picture there. 
Uh, ben Simmons has been in, of course, with his mental health issues, his back, et cetera, et cetera. I think Brooklyn is kind of sick of that and doesn't want to deal with him. He's not worth the case, especially not with the production on the floor. Guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who have been also injury prone, why would I want them playing back-to-back games in a short schedule of time? Yes, you want guys to build chemistry and et cetera, et cetera, like that. But <clears throat> in on terms of these guys – playing back-to-backs and stuff like that. It's like if I'm an injury-prone player, I'm going to have to nurse this injury and get through the season. If I play a back-to-back here in a short amount of time, maybe it's not the best for me. And, of course, we want athletes to be in the best of shape, uh, be on the floor at all times, of course, like that. I understand that from a fan's perspective. I would hate to be a – I'm a Boston Celtics fan, pay a ticket to the Garden and not see Jason Tatum or not see Jalen Brown or not see Marcus Smart. You know what I mean? Like I, I would hate to buy a game where the Warriors are coming in town and Steph Curry's not playing. But these guys are legitimately hurt. Some guys are doing it because of rest. I understand that. And, again, team doctors are saying this. Team scientists are saying this. Hey, we need you to take a break here. We can have you get a rest here. You're playing high minutes. Let's manage this. That happens to these players. Now, let's look at other guys here like Zion. Zion has had an injury history. Why would he try to play back-to-back games? He has done it at times, yes. But is that the best option for the Pelicans long-term as a franchise? No. Uh, Brandon Ingram, would you want him to come back right now and be hurt? No. As a commodity, we're paying millions of dollars into these guys. We have to preserve these guys to give us our best chance. And you're seeing the impact of these injuries that these guys have. They play back-to-backs. They re-aggravate it. They come back too soon, early. Whatever the case may be, that hurts their chances. And now this started long ago with Greg Popovich, of course, resting Tim Duncan, resting Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker and stuff like that. And mainly started with Tim Duncan because they were managing his knee injury and stuff like that. And when I look back at their records, they still won games. <clears throat> when you look at the Clippers, I think they're fourth in the West right now. They're still winning, winning games. Of course, we know they are, their whole season relies on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. No question. Completely understandable. But if these guys are hurt, they have to manage that. And if you told them, if you told the Spurs, hey, you guys have to play that and lose the chance at five championships with Tim Duncan, they're not going to listen to us. They're going to rest Tim Duncan. They'll do that 10 times out of 10. That is a small market franchise that did that and won games and won championships. That is the goal here. If you told me I had to rush Jason Tatum 15 games a season to have an optimal chance at winning a championship, I would want my team to do that. Does it suck for the paying customer? Absolutely. I completely understand that. And that brings us to another question. The NBA, these owners, arenas, et cetera, sponsors, whatever the case may be, they mark up these ticket prices when fans come to games, when big-time players, superstars come to the league, when John Moran comes in when LeBron comes in, when Steph Curry comes in, when Giannis comes in. At no point has anyone ever looked at the owners and said, hey, are you guys going to mark back or refund the customer that markup price that you gave to the uh, – that you charged the customer? That is something that no one has ever talked about. They charge that before the season. Those fans come to the game and they don't get that. Do they get their refunds? No. What they do is they allow the, the ticket holder to resell the ticket. Is that fair? I don't know. I don't think that's fair. 
Like, I, I think that's something that's being lost here where everyone's kind of just kind of pushing blame on the players and stuff like that when their teams are saying to rest, when players are getting advised, hey, we need to get you to rest here and there. You're not feeling right. You're not trusting the injury to come back, right? Now people are saying, hey, why don't you take t- um, games off at home? Fans come <clears> – excuse me. Fans come to home games as well as last time I checked. I mean, there's no win-win scenario here, and especially everyone just pushing everything on the players. I don't necessarily think that's fair either. I think that's just the easy way out. I think that's a crapshoot. I think the owners have to take responsibility as well as that too. Hey, you know, we charged you $1,000 for this ticket. Hey, we're only going to charge you $500. We'll refund you $500. Is that going to happen? No. That's never been talked about. That's never been discussed especially with season ticket holders, uh, a guy in the bleachers who just got a ticket on the last minute, whatever the case may be, those guys don't get their money back. The teams do. The arena does. The players do. They get their money back. They get all their money, whether they play or not. But in that regard of the customer, they don't give them their money back. So that's just something I always thought about. Like That's something to think about in that whole argument. As well as all these times when people are saying, hey, these guys don't play all these games. <clears throat> a lot of NBA players don't play 82 games. And that's throughout history. The last time guys were that consistent is probably Bill Russell, probably Will Chamberlain. And I'm pretty sure they're not even the leaders of playing 82 games a season. I'll have to check. But I, the guys that I think off the top of my head, Michael Jordan did it nine times. Stockton and Malone must have did it a bunch of times. They played a bunch of games. Very durable. Didn't miss a lot of games. I think Magic Johnson only did it once in his career. Think about that. Magic Johnson, Showtime Lakers, all these guys want to play and stuff like that. He did it one time. I think Kareem did it four times. I think Shaq has done it one time. Charles Barkley complaining about games has done it one time, I believe. I believe that was his rookie season. So when all these guys continue to sit here and say, hey, these guys don't play enough games. These guys are cheating the fans and treating them like crap. Not everybody plays 82 games. Not everybody plays every road game. That's just the state of the NBA. That's just the state of the league. This is not the NFL. That just doesn't happen anymore. It may be in this area of social media, and of course the dollars are going up and et cetera, et cetera, and stuff like that. People want players to play, and I understand that. Some people are saying shorting the NBA season. I have always been against that because I feel like that affects the record books. Like you're telling me that a guy can never get most points in the season, points per game, whatever the case may be, scoring record and stuff like that, averages, et cetera, et cetera. 82 games, that's the standard, right? You take those games away, it's like – that kind of messes up the history book. So I'm not, I'm, I'm against that. I've always been against that. But all these times when people continue to sit there and say, hey, <clears throat> these guys aren't playing back-to-backs. They're not playing all these games and stuff like that. They're missing games. Missing games sucks, honestly. And I think guys want to play. I think there's an onus on the teams and the players. Hey, they got to work a way to get that. And I've always said this, hey, maybe a guy can give limited minutes, 20 minutes, whatever to get, whatever the case may be, they're nursing an injury. But I completely understand it from both sides. But I can also, compl- I think the loss of the player and the team onus here, that people are not speaking up, 
people are saying, hey, these guys have the best medicine. These guys play hard when they play. <laughs> you can say whatever you want to say about the league, whatever the case may be. These guys play hard when they do play. I believe that. I watch the game on a nightly basis. I believe they play hard. But to sit here and just be like, hey, these guys are cheating the fans by doing this, I think we got to start being a little bit more realistic that people have missed games throughout the history of the NBA. And not a lot of guys play 82 games. And not every guy plays every road game. Not every guy plays every home game. That's just the reality of that situation. Uh, moving on to the reaction to fans' comments, and he's saying that they're getting tossed. When you're talking about a person's family, when you're talking about somebody speaking racist, uh, talking uh, racist, uh, saying derogatory things to you, I'm sorry, you don't deserve to be at this game. Being at the game is honestly a privilege. Now you can talk shit and talk trash or whatever the case may be. Now I think if it's petty stuff that they try to kick him out on, that's whack. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's absolutely whack. But when you're talking about somebody's family member, when you're talking about someone's color, their skin, when you're saying racist things, homophobic things, you shouldn't be at the game. You shouldn't be at the game. That, that's just plain and simple to me. So when people sit there, and, and especially Charles Barkley, I wanted to bring that up. He said on open court, they said if you were a commissioner of the league one time, Eric Johnson was asking the question on NBA open court, and what would you do? And Charles Barkley instantly said that he would have fans come to the middle of the arena and say what they said, just what they said to him just now. He said that on national TV. This was like what? I think within the decade. <clears throat> you can check that out on YouTube, especially. And for that to sit there and linger like that, it's like you said that. <laughs> Where you guys say fans cross the line and say stuff like that, they shouldn't be at the game. When those incidents happened, like LeBron and Draymond and other people like that, Russell Westbrook, when stuff happened like that, you guys didn't sit there and say, hey, that's just basketball that he chopped up to that. That's not what was said. When fans cross the line, they don't deserve to be at the game. Plain and simple. Throwing stuff, whatever it is. <clears throat> if that stuff is harmful towards the player, fans don't deserve to be at the game. Now, you could say a player sucks. You can say he sucks. You can say a multitude of things. But when you cross that line for a player and the player can't hit them or strike them, those people deserve to be out the game. And I strongly believe that. I don't think you can go to a game and just be able to say whatever you want to say. I just don't believe that. You paid a ticket to view the game and cheer on your team, et cetera, et cetera. I'm fine with talking trash. I'm completely fine with that. But when that trash crosses the line, just like anywhere in America, just like anywhere, if I'm talking with my boys and I'm talking trash to them and I cross the line, I apologize instantly. They apologize to me instantly. There's certain things that we just know not to say. That goes anywhere. If you were out on the street and you were going back and forth with a person, there's a boiling point. There's a crossing point. And that holds to the NBA arena. That holds to the NBA. That holds to fans at NBA games. 
players are human. Just because they make millions of dollars doesn't mean certain things just get to be set. It doesn't make any sense. In anywhere of society, any place in society, that doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. So to expect that to happen at NBA games and kind of just throw that and like, hey, the players are being babied, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think that's okay to say. I don't think that's fair to say. And especially being a former player like Charles Barkley is, and especially what he said on open court. So maybe that was just a throwaway comment, but I had to address it because I feel like some certain things are getting, uh, and especially with this era, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going on. A, I don't want to say that I'm sitting here defending this era, but I feel like a lot of disrespect comes towards this era of basketball within the last 15, 20 years. Social media, with social media adding to that, especially. Players are getting disrespected all the time. And I'm not saying that didn't happen back in the day or whatever the case may be. It's literally all the time on TV, in the press, in social media, games. that And that comes with the job, and I understand that to a certain point in time. But I feel like this era is just getting massively disrespected. And everyone's asking, like, hey, that's just okay. That's just a part of it. These people are human. <laughs> And I talk shit about players, too. But I don't feel like I crossed the line with that. I feel like I talk shit about them on the court, what they do on the court. I don't talk about their families. I don't go into that line of stuff like that. Nah, that's not that's not my thing. If I talk shit about a player, it's about what they do on the court. Played it simple. And I feel like I just feel like players are getting really disrespected in today's game. And it's just like on every level, when it comes to stats, Playing defense, whatever the game, whatever the the geometry of how they play the game, every little thing is getting disrespected, especially by the old school generation players, fans. This is not what I'm used to seeing, so I'm going to trash it. And that's been the history of the league, contracts, all of that. I remember when uh, uh, there was a game, I believe the late '90s, when Dr. J was on NBC. And I believe it was a halftime show. And he was saying guys are getting paid a bunch of money, four, three, four million dollars and stuff like that. And guys are getting paid too much. That's what every generation says about the previous generation, about guys getting money, not taking the game seriously. That's what they always say. And that was Dr. J, one of the most respected players in NBA history. Uh, uh, one of the most distinguished gentlemen of the NBA well-respected guy. He was saying about that, about the 90s, play, late 90s players. In every situation, it just it's like the same cycle continues. I've been watching the game for 25 years now, I can say consistently, like following the game like that. And it's like every situation when like a five-year, 10-year generational gap, that's what players continuously say about the previous generation. And it's like, at some point, we got to call it what it is. It's a crock of shit. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen with every era of basketball, and people are just going to say, hey, it's getting softer. Like, can we stop that? Either you enjoy the game or you don't. And I'll get into that in my next video. I'll get into that as well, because I want to talk about uh, the parody of the league and people saying the league sucks, et cetera, et cetera, and fans never being satisfied, certain NBA fans never being satisfied satisfied with the, the game. But 
Yeah, I just feel like this era of basketball players getting disrespected a lot, and I feel like fans shouldn't be able to say what they want to say. I just feel like that's it's getting these takes are getting lazy now. And moving to my last point, players requesting trades. That has always happened in the history of the NBA. Players have requested trades. They have wanted out. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did that after winning the championship in Milwaukee. He wanted out and wanted to go to L.A. Um, <clears throat> he did that way back in the 70s. Uh, a lot of guys have done that in history. So to sit here and be like players get upset and they want out, players have done that all the time. And Charles Barkley made this comment. Last time I checked, he made a trade request two times in his career. One from Philadelphia when they were tearing down the team and basically marketing him as the player. And he wanted out. <clears throat> that was in Philadelphia, and that was one of the worst trades in NBA history. I believe they got Jeff Hornacek. Uh, uh, I can't even remember. A bunch of throwaway players and Jeff Hornacek in exchange for Charles Barkley, who was an MVP candidate for the past couple of years, one of the best players in the league at the time. Chuck Daly said he was the second best player in the league at that time. And they got Jeff Warner second a couple of players. I don't even think they got draft picks in that. To think Charles Barkley was traded for without draft picks, without a star player at least in the, in the trade. So he demanded a trade from Philly. He didn't stick it out there. Gets to the NBA Finals his first year at Phoenix. They take a step back. I believe they lose to Houston. And then the third year, they finish 41-41, and 41, and I think they lose in the first round of the playoffs. And Phoenix makes a couple of trades, and Barkley demands a trade again. <clears throat> and it was on, I think it was during the playoffs when they got eliminated or whatever the case may be. And he said, I feel like we made some bad trades. They traded Mark West and stuff like that. I think it was Bob Costas interviewing him. And he said, yes, I want to trade. And, and, and Bob Costas said, are you really demanding a trade? And Charles Barkley finished saying, yes, I'm demanding a trade. And last time I checked, he said he wanted to go to Houston to win a championship. They traded him to Houston for Sam Cassell and Robert Orr, <clears throat> two guys that helped Houston win a championship. And that was the last juice of the Rockets. They tried to get it with Akeem, Drexler, um, and Charles at that time. And then Pippen came a little later. But those are two times that he demanded to trade and got out of his situations. That's, that's Charles Barkley, who just said guys get upset and want to get out of their situations. And as soon as they, that happens, they want to get traded. He did that twice in the 90s in the span of, what, four years? Four years he did that. And he got an extension with Houston when he got traded. Am I, am I missing something? I don't think I'm missing something. So when guys like Paul George request a trade from Indiana, when they strip down the team and they're not continuously trying to get better, I don't blame Paul George for that. He went to Oklahoma City. It didn't work. Unfortunately, they lost in the first round. Oklahoma City wanted to tear that down. They figured, hey, we're not going to get any further with this. We're not going to put any more money into this. We're going to rebuild. Smart thing by OKC. They saw the writing on the wall. 
So Paul George wants his best opportunity. He gets traded again. That's just the situation I see there. When he was talking about James Harden in Houston, James Harden is definitely a weird conundrum, right? Like James Harden left Houston under bad circumstances. Not coming in shape, demanding a trade, wanting guys traded, wanting guys brought in. Houston basically did everything for him. And when shit was going down, yo, trade me. <laughs> We're not a winning franchise anymore. We're not going to get back up to the mountain. We're not making those moves. Trade me. And I understand that from both sides, right? <clears throat> if you're Houston, you're going to want to trade James Harden and get as much back. I feel like they messed up not getting Jared Allen, but they're in a position to pick Victor Wimbenyama right now. They have the Nets draft picks. So things are rebuilding for Houston. What should happen as a rebuilding situation where teams try to flip their star. Now, are they going to suck for 10, 15 years? I don't think so. I think Houston's a better franchise than that overall, historically. I think they're going to figure that out. James Harden gets to the Nets and then sees all the craziness and then wants another trade. Last time I checked, the Brooklyn Nets have lost Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And James Harden basically said, hey, it doesn't look like I'm crazy now, does it? So when players sit there and they try to get out of a situation, let's try to understand that this has happened throughout the history of time. The history of time, it has happened. Players demanding trades all the time. Kobe Bryant did it. Kobe Bryant went on Stephen A. Smith's show and demanded a trade. In the summer of 2007, I believe. So this stuff has happened. <clears throat> this stuff has happened. Every situation is different, of course. Certain circumstances go into those matters. But guys have demanded a trade all the time throughout history. It has happened. So to sit here and try to crap on this generation for doing it when there's more player movement and there's more freedom of movement than it was back in the 90s and 80s, where things were a lot more restricted and guys had to serve their contract. Teams had to give up draft picks and know if they were trading a player, et cetera, et cetera. If they were trading for a player automatically. Restricted free agency. Where that wasn't happening until 1988 with Tom Chambers, I believe, who was the first restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent. And he bounced around a lot. I believe he was in Phoenix and then, no, he was in Seattle and then Phoenix I believe he went to Utah after that. So, I mean, all these things that people are mad at is the things that players previously have fought for, free agency, player movement, trade trade requests. All that stuff has happened. Like, play, the, the league has grown to do that. So to sit here and be like, hey, these players are demanding trades or whatever the case may be. And I understand what he was saying about the contracts where you sign a contract and then six months you're requesting a trade. A season might change that. No one says anything when franchises trade guys. We saw that at the trade deadline. Mikael Bridges was on FaceTime with Damian Lee, his own teammate, and he's like, yo, yo, man, you just got traded. Josh Hart was on the court in warm-ups before he found out that he got traded to the Knicks. He found out from teammates on, on warm-ups. 
So when people continuously sit here and be like, hey, man, that's just part of the business. Players asking for trade demands is part of the business. That's the risk you play when giving guys power, when giving guys a bunch of money, when you don't hold up your end of the bargain as a franchise. We've seen that with LeBron James. I didn't want to talk about him, but fuck it, I'm going to talk about it. His first in Cleveland, they did all those moves. They didn't get better. They surrounded him with fluff. Couldn't bring anybody to Cleveland. Failed him time and time again. Carrying subpar rosters. Yo, man, I'm out of here. And he didn't request a trade. He finished his contract and left in free agency, which NBA players have fought for. So this whole notion that guys are being babied and guy to a certain extent, that comes with the territory of the business. You want to tell me that Charles Barkley never made a demand? You don't want to tell me Matt? Magic Johnson, after winning a championship, I believe it was with uh, uh, Westfall, uh, Westhead, Paul Westhead, I believe. Legendary coach. I believe he coached at... Damn, I think a lawyer in Maryland. I don't want to say I want to, I have to check that. But Magic Johnson, after winning a championship, sat there and said, I don't like the offense. I'm not having fun. I want to be traded. That's what he said. After winning a championship, he was so pissed off at the offense, he basically begged the Lakers to trade him. They fired the coach and then hired Jerry West and Pat Riley as coaches. Jerry West was like, I ain't taking over this team. Pat, it's yours. That's Magic Johnson after winning a championship. He got his coach fired. Why didn't the Lakers just tell him to tough it out? Play through it. Hey, man, we're not going to baby you. Because that's never happened in the league. Teams are going to baby their players and give them what they want because they want to win. These guys are talented. They give them the opportunity to win. Teams make a bunch of money with these guys. That's the business. I think people forget about that. And I think Charles Barkley forgot about that. And that's unfortunate because he's one of the players that has done a little bit of everything that he's complaining about. Like, Charles Barkley didn't – he accidentally spit on a girl when he got into it with a fan. Charles Barkley has gotten into it with fans and has crossed the line. Now, if a guy did that today, fighting a fan, he would probably get thrown out the league. We saw with Ron Artest when he ran into the stands and fought a bunch of fans. Brawl at the Palace. Like, so – If guys are taking the necessary steps not to lose money, not to get kicked out of games and saying, hey, get a fan out of here. If guys are requesting trades because the team is failing or because things just aren't working out, that's fine. Teams have no problem trading a player. (laughs) Absolutely no issue trading a player, releasing a player. We've seen it. We've seen it. Kimba Walker was released. John Wall has been released. Multiple guys have been released. From, well, no, John, John Wall was 
traded and now he's about to be bought out, hopefully, whatever the case may be. But nobody says anything when teams do that to players. And I feel like people are losing this hindsight that, hey, NBA players are employees. They get paid millions of dollars. Hey, shut up. You don't have any. Like, no, that's not how anything works in life. So to sit there and put that onus on players and try to make them look like they're the bad guys and they're ruining the league, some people have to look at the owners as well. Some people have to look at the business of basketball, and some people have to look at reality. 